0: Welcome to the Logicalis Insights Podcast from the architects of change at Logicalis, making our complex, fast-changing world a simpler, more inspiring place to live, work, and grow. This podcast is sponsored by Hewlett-Packard Enterprise.
1: Welcome to this edition of the Logicalis Insights Podcast. Today, we're going to focus on the modern data center, My name is Brandon Harris and I'm the vice president of the Modern Data Center Business Unit here at Logicalis where we focus on helping our customers architect solutions for both their on-premises data center requirements and then how those uh, requirements extend out into the public cloud. Today I'm joined by Frank Nishimori. Uh, Frank's one of our most senior solution architects. He's been in the industry for over 30 years. He's been with Logicalis for over 20 years. And has worked with many of our customers on architecting data center type solutions. Today, we're going to focus primarily on hyper-converged infrastructure and specifically around HPE's disaggregated hyper-converged infrastructure, which brings a lot of unique elements to hyperconverged hyper-converged infrastructure. So Frank, welcome to the podcast today.
0: Well, thank you, Brandon. appreciate coming today. And, uh, Sounds like we're going to have a lot of alphabet soups today.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So disaggregated HCI, for short, DHCI, but we'll also talk a little bit about uh, some other elements of that platform. Maybe, Frank, as a starting point, maybe you can just take a minute and explain what's unique about a disaggregated hyperconverged infrastructure compared to some of the other just standard HCI platforms that we see in the industry.
0: I'm uh, glad to, very glad to. It's funny. It's just a little D. What does that mean? What's the difference? Well, I guess if you look at the the concept of HCI, it stands for hyperconverged infrastructure, where we're taking a, a computer that has both processing power and storage and make that my whole infrastructure that I need. And with some software, making each one of these nodes talk to each other and share the resources, that that kind of stuff. But, What what has happened is people had looked at what we traditionally did was where we have compute as a server and we had external storage and that was serving across that. And that had a lot of benefits behind that, but it missed that that easability concept. And that's what this whole concept of DHCI is. The D stands for disaggregated, which means let's get some of the benefits of the HCI platform. Easy to manage, easy to maintain, easy to watch. But let's give it the flexibility where we can grow it and build it as we need. Something we're very familiar with in the old old way of doing storage growth where compute grows separately. So the DHCI is, you know, some people call it the HCI 2.0, right? Let's look at see what HCI was nice, some of the issues they had with it, and let's make it the next version. So the DHCI is basically going back to something that we know, separate stores, separate uh, compute. But let's make it easy to manage, easy to maintain it all together in one ecosystem and so that's what dhci is and what's really interesting is gartner coined the phrase dhci and i think this is the first time i've seen hp marketing take a, a term that's in the industry so for instance everybody calls kleenex kleenex but it's a brand name so kudos to hp for p- picking up their product called dhci as the brand name for the technology that's out there in the industry
1: Let's unpack that just a little bit more. So when you talk about the easeability, right, of HCI versus the old way of doing things with uh, separate compute, separate storage, can you spend just a few more minutes on the advantages of a hyper-converged infrastructure compared to the way we used to do it?
0: Yeah, the, the, the big advantage is, is in the past I had two distinct Management domains. One was the compute, which was the servers. And we had the storage, which was my storage frame. And they operated differently. Uh, in some companies, they had a, a storage group and they had a compute group. But what HCI allows us to do is, is merge that, uh, that management interface into one interface. So in that one interface, I can see how my storage is doing. I can actually see my compute doing. I can grow grow them together separately, but it's it's basically allows it to bring it together. And when you do that, there's some nice little ecosystems that come into play because now the compute knows what the storage is doing, so now you can do different analytics based upon that. Uh, Unlike the old way of doing it where you had these separate ways and there was no, you had different silos, different management groups, different tool sets. Is there analytics that understands how well they work together? Maybe, maybe not. So HCI is bringing that together into one frame, easier to manage and maintain.
1: So you've actually worked with many of our customers already on architecting um, DHCI solutions for those customers. Um, can, you just, can you talk a little bit about why those customers selected DHCI? What was the use case? What was the problem they were trying to solve and why was DHCI the right solution for, for that particular customer?
0: Specifically, DHI is a great solution for customers because as it's bringing together this again the, the silo of stores, the silo of, of computers, bringing it together, it's making it so the customer can easily maintain, watch the environment, and grow it as they need to. You know, you know. Unfortunately, what, what's the adage? They're being asked to do more with less, right? Uh, or the staff that they have are now doing multiple things would not it be nice if instead of the ecosystem the infrastructure causing more load on the staff they're making it easier for them to manage and when you start pulling it together specifically with DHI when they start pulling it together it gives an ability with some of the tools that HP has with what's called InfoSight that now the toolset is not only helping you manage it but they're helping you monitor the environment and now and we're not talking about a monitoring when a when a when a disk drive goes bad, or there's some memory issues. We're talking about, let me know if my infrastructure, if a certain VM is taking too much CPU or too much IO is happening. Let me see that insights or that understanding what's going on. And that's what actually DHCI is bringing to customers. And this is one of the things they like about it is they're doing the service that they need, giving compute and processing power to their end user community. But with not much loading on the on the uh, personnel, uh, I've had people implement the DHCI within a day. They have it up and running. They're they're starting to do guests on it. I've had other customers give me a call and say, "Wow, I'm seeing things that I've never seen before again again because they don't have to go through multiple tools to go see it." So customers like the DHCI because it's work. It it, it works great for them. It allows them to see what's going on, and again, because it's this aggregated with that little D in front of it, it allows them to grow compute when they need compute growth or grow storage when they need to grow growth. One of the uh, uh, hurdles of HCI, that's plain old HCI, because it was based upon a node concept, is that when you need to grow storage, you have to be very well understanding what you're growing because do you add another node, then you add more compute, add more license. So it became a little bit of a, uh, a challenge of figuring out how do I grow my environment? Now, with the DHCI, and this is what customers like, is if I need more compute, I add another server. If I need more storage, I expand my storage platform. So it allows them to grow in the area that they need to grow, but still give that ease that, that they have not seen before. And that's one of the things customers really like about the, the, the DHCI. It's easier for them to maintain the infrastructure that they currently have
1: just to rephrase that to a certain degree. So really, you can use it for multiple use cases because you have that flexibility of growing the compute separate from the storage. So depending on your use case or your application, it's applicable to a lot more use cases than maybe a traditional HCI platform would have been.
0: Yes, yes, it is. And because, you know, you have your compute separate than your storage, I can put GPUs in there. In case I had something that was VDI-centric, if I had something machine learning, I can actually customize the compute for the task I need. I can customize the storage based upon my storage requirements. So it still allows you that that separation of the technology, but with the integration of of one platform to manage.
1: So, as a customer, I'm I'm you know I have a new application, I need a new infrastructure, or I'm looking at a refresh, um, you know, or I'm, I need to migrate from one platform to another. Um, when should I consider HCI or DHCI compared to either a traditional infrastructure or compared to public cloud?
0: When's a good time to consider looking at doing something with HCI or DHCI is basically, usually it's driven by storage uh, because typically in, in an environment, storage is the majority of the cost. So I've had some scenarios where we went in, talked to a customer about storage increases. Then I said, hey, how uh, how would you like to be able to manage that in, that, it, that infrastructure, also compute with storage in an easier fashion? Because what's nice about the DHCI model, I can put a storage platform in place. It's based upon the nimble storage system. I can put the DHCI storage in there, and I can start out with two nodes. And the nice thing about those two nodes, if a customer has a Gen 9 or Gen 10 uh reliance system i can upgrade that directly into the uh, the dhci storage system so it's a great i see a lot of uh reasons why customers are going to dhci is because they they're doing a storage upgrade and then to migrate it into a full DHCI environment it needs some compute i can start at two nodes or i can integrate with existing store compute environment that's out there uh, you got to remember the pieces that are on the dhci are, you know world-class storage with nimble and they have that consistently world-class with the ProLiant servers so uh, customers usually do an upgraded DHCI from a storage perspective or in those cases where hey my my whole infrastructure my compute and my servers are getting dated I need to do an upgrade which is an excellent place for DHCI to come into play
1: yeah so is there any um, within that DHCI environment you talked about the compute, in the ProLiant, you talked about the storage and and the world-class aspects of those, but is there any unique software elements to a DHCI platform that a customer needs to be aware of or consider um, from an HPE perspective?
0: Well, as this whole environment uh, requires some special software to make it run, right? All HCI platforms have some kind of management, something, a tool or a guest that's running that manage that stuff. And a lot of the HCI platforms, there's a charge for it. The nice thing for the DHCI, the little management piece of software that, that runs the environment, that's a no-cost option. So that's that's included uh, for the environment. Uh, the other thing that comes with the DHCI is something I, I highlighted a second ago is something called InfoSight. InfoSight is a a tool that HP gives with the Nimble storage system and now with ProLiance that helps them uh, Watch their system, you know, and it's, it's setting the metrics of my environment to HP land, HP world, and they're doing correlations with high level machine learning or very uh, uh, stuff that has a lot of background in it with with AI tool sets that they're telling me some correlations that I have not seen before. In fact, what's really interesting is with InfoSight, HP actually discovered a bug in a, a VMware update before VMware even knew about it before customers knew about it. It's just a tool set was watching something odd, InfoSight was watching something and they highlighted it. Um, and what the other benefit of InfoSight is because all these interactions with the systems are being managed by HP or not managed, but watched by HP. So if, I, if there's a customer in France that has a very similar environment that I have and they do something in their environment causes problems, the InfoSight system will actually prevent me, like for instance, if there was an upgrade that, that I did that I was going to do, but it could actually prevent me from doing that upgrade so I see where I don't have that downtime. So that's a piece of software that comes with a DHCI platform. It's called InfoSight that allows you to, well, allows customer to be better aware of what my system is doing. It's being the, the uh, what is that called, a third eye or uh, that that's watching the system for me and letting me know when things are Going to be possibly going awry, or give suggestions on how to modify a platform to get the best usage out of it.
1: So you talked and highlighted the fact that a lot of times it starts with a storage discussion, um, and you talked about the world-class storage platforms that that HPE has. Can you spend a few more minutes on? Um, you know, talking a little bit about Nimble and and their latest uh, storage technology, uh, Eletra, and what's unique about HPE's storage platform in the industry, and, and why should customers consider HPE Nimble or Eletra compared to some other storage out there in the in the market?
0: Well, it's interesting that you asked that because uh, as as known as HPE acquired the Nimble platform from Nimble themselves, and that, that caused a change inside of HP because they've always had very re- robust, redundant, very quick storage systems, but they were very much built like in a very traditional, uh, you know, you needed to have a storage person that knew storage, that knew how to architect it. But, but Nimble caused uh, a change in the HP world where, you know, storage should be used as storage, right? You should go out there and allocate it and the storage system should be smart enough to keep you out of trouble. Keep you from doing stuff. And because of that technology of Nimble, InfoSight being part of it, they actually, at that time, they had 3PAR. And then they came out with a new storage system called the Primera. And a lot of the features that were in the Nimble subsystems to help customer manage, maintain their environment, got put into the Primera. So the evolution of, of I like to call it, the ease of keeping track of my storage, the easability of storage, has been changing over time. And the next, the new generation, as you mentioned, is called the, the Electra systems, which is a combination of the old Primera and the old Nimble. It's a new marketing term called Electra. I think it's changing the ways customers see storage. No longer do they need a storage team. No longer do they have to spend hours trying to figure out when it's time to do an upgrade. Both systems, these are high-end systems, the tier one of the Electra 9000, we're talking uptime, right? Tier zero storage. When I do an upgrade, I can do the upgrade with one click of the button because HP's designed in such a way that it's not going to let you do the upgrade if it's going to cause a problem. There's always checks and validations. So it's causing uh, the storage world to change where the tier zero systems are very fast systems are no longer, you need a whole storage group to do that. You no longer need a whole Storage team to spend days and hours of doing an upgrade migration analysis, right? So what HP has been bringing to the market is let's make storage simpler, make it more, uh, like I said, easability. Let's make that more easier. You know, the Electra is the fastest technology. It's out there. It's NVMe. Everybody talks about NVMe, this and that. It's there, right? The reliability, it's there. Like I said, the Electra 9000, 100% uptime. There's not that many storage systems that can say it. it's 100 percent uptime. Okay. It's amazing what HP is doing is taking technology that people are in the in the past are familiar with, very redundant, very robust, very fast, but adding this usability layer to it. So it's making it it's making it much easier to maintain and, and keep track of my storage environment. People who are out there that that have storage from eight years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago need to start looking at what HP is doing in the marketplace with storage. They're giving you the performance, they're giving you the availability, but let's make it very easy for you to utilize.
1: So, you know, we, one of our strategies at Logicalis within our practice, um, Frank, is around hybrid cloud um, and helping customers, you know, uh, modernize their, their on-premises infrastructure in such a way to build a platform so that they can also leverage hybrid cloud. How can I take the DHCI... Or even just the storage component of HPE's platform, and extend that out into the public cloud. How can I how can I leverage those technologies and still have a tie-in or a communication, or leverage public cloud resources as well?
0: What HPE has done, you know, everybody talks about in the cloud. There's there's servers and there's stores or compute and data, and what HPE has focused on with the stores is specifically on the data side of the house. They have something called HPE Cloud Volumes. Okay. And what it allows you to do is I can take my storage that's on-premise with the DHCI and replicate it directly into into the HPE cloud volumes. Now, what's unique about the cloud volumes, different than other cloud things that are out there, is this cloud Volumes is actually connected simultaneously. It can be simultaneously connected to all the major cloud players, Google, AWS, and Azure. And one of the things I'm seeing from a customer perspective perspective is they're thinking about cloud mobility or mobility. How can I move not only from on-premise to the cloud, but how can I move from cloud to cloud? And because of the way that HP has architected the cloud volume is I can actually have my 100 terabyte database connected to AWS and literally within a couple minutes, I can move that 100 terabytes of data over to another cloud vendor. So it's allowing customers to be a lot more flexible in what their thinking plan is, no longer having this cloud lockout, right? Not be stuck in one cloud vendor to the other. Because it's funny when you talk about cloud storage or just cloud resources in general, a lot of people think of, hey, I got these CPU cycles, I can turn it on and off, I can save lots of money doing that way. But what's important to track of is your storage, you can't turn on and off your storage. If I have 100 terabytes out there, I have 100 terabytes 24 hours a day. So you have this ongoing cost. So one of the things that HP has done is their cloud volumes, that includes deduplication. If all of a sudden I take my 100 terabytes and it deduplicates down to only 40 terabytes, I'm only paying for 40 terabytes, not this 100 terabytes of space. The other thing HP has done with the cloud volumes is the ability to, if I go to a normal cloud uh, vendor like uh, S3, and I create a snapshot or a clone, I have to take double the space. With HP's cloud volume, if I do a snapshot, only the amount of difference of that snapshot is what I'm charged. It does make a snapshot. It looks like to the cloud vendors, I have 200 terabyte data stores out there, but it's consolidated down the snapshots to where it's only keeping track of the changes. And one of the things I like to always mention about uh, cloud storage is you know there's cloud storage you can get directly from AWS or Azure. And one of the things that we're we're very HP is very keyed on is what's called availability. Uh you know, you've heard of six nines, five nines. Well, in the cloud, if you're talking about S3, the availability is four nines. Well, you're gonna say, hey, it's only two line nines less. What does that mean? Well, actually, four nines, and this is on AWS's website, four nines is fifty-two minutes a year. Okay. Which means it's a minute per week. Yeah. If you play the numbers, right? It's a minute per week. That's a lot of downtime, right? That's availability basically means when I go out there and go get the data, I don't see it. It's gone for some reason. Now, if I go back and five minutes later, go look at it, it shows up again, right? Availability from a storage vendors. Uh, like I said, the nimble has, has, uh, six nines, which means it's 32 seconds a year, right? It, it the reason why that's important is because when you have these availability issues, some databases cannot wait, you know, two minutes, a minute for it to come back and say, Oh, there's the data. I'll keep on going. The, the database will time out. You'll have application timeouts and that kind of stuff. So availability is very important, you know, just because it's two nines. I'm talking, uh, it could cause your environment to have a hiccup to go down. So what's not, the reason why I bring that up is. HP's cloud volume is actually built on the nimble storage system. The nimble storage system is six nines availability. So it allows you to have much higher availability that's in the cloud. Uh it gives you cloud mobility, better cost factors because it includes deduplication as part of it. Um and and one of the things I was going to mention, it's really interesting, is uh, one of the things that Cloud Vendor has came about is it came out with this new term called durability. Uh because you know, four nines doesn't sound that good. Well, Hey, if I talk durability in the cloud, actually it's from, uh, AWS, AWS mentions they have nine or they have 11 nines durability. Okay. Wow. That's pretty good. Right. 11 nines. That sounds a lot better than, than six nines. But what durability means is I go get the data and it's gone. It's gone forever. Okay. So if we take 11 nines durability, what that means is one object in a hundred billion is lost. Okay. Lost forever. And, uh, what's really interesting, uh, AWS just celebrate their 15 years of having S3. Uh, actually, Jeff Barr, he's a chief technologist, wrote an article about saying, hey, we have 100 billion objects. Well, take 100 billion, take this math of 11.9. What that means, they've lost a 1,000 objects, okay? So if you lose a 1,000 objects, are you the person that's going to lose that object? Are you going to have basically, you go get your data, it's gone, gone forever. And if you remember... On all of the public cloud vendors, they say, "Mr. Customer, you are responsible for your data your, itself. You are the one that's responsible for that data. If there's a data loss, you're supposed to reconstruct it." So uh, durability is nice, but I can tell you on the Nimble storage, their durability matrix is not 11 ninths. it's 100% available uh, durability. So they they don't lose data. So that's important to keep track of too. So when you're talking about the cloud in the cloud, HP cloud volumes. It's six nines ninth availability, durability, hundred percent, no loss of data, and it's got the mobility in it. Um, was that a little bit too much to talk about, or no, or, uh, no? I think that was, that was awesome. Awesome. no,
1: no. I thought that, that was great. That that uh, that really kind of explains, you know, why I would want to do more of a hybrid approach than just uh, either an on-premises only or a public cloud only. That gives me some flexibility from a hybrid perspective, right? Which is really where we think um, the world's going to be going. I think the other thing I'll highlight is, um, you know, a lot of times from a public cloud perspective, the attraction to public cloud is this consumption based, right? I only pay for what I'm using. Um, And I think one of the elements that HBE also brings to the table is their whole GreenLake model where you can actually consume the technology in a public cloud fashion, right? You can put on the floor what you need today, you can consume that, you have some buffer in there to grow into. And then if you want to um, you know, add capacity, you you do a change order to that GreenLake contract, you add capacity, it gives you some benefits around manageability, you get some additional visibility, uh, even beyond what an info site or some of the other tools you talked about, um, could provide to the client, right? But if you're looking for, you know, if customer's looking for that consumption-based approach, then uh, leveraging um, GreenLake is a way to do that in an on-premises fashion. And as Logicalis, one of the, uh, you know, benefits that we can bring, or the values that we can bring is we can help you aggregate both your on-premises consumption with your cloud consumption. We can add our managed services in that, and we can aggregate all that into, you know, kind of one seamless uh, monthly um, cost for the customer and really show them that cost control over time. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I thought it'd be a good time to kind of highlight the GreenLake consumption model.
0: Well, the the GreenLake consumption model, I think is a great thing for customers to look at because, you know, the reason why people go to the cloud is they think cost, well. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. But you got to think of some of the things you're losing track of. When I give my storage, my data to the cloud, uh, you know, typically there's not SLAs, uh, there's not re- performance SLAs specifically. So I'm losing control. You know, they have control of the data. You don't know really where it's going. But what's nice about a GreenLake model, I put the data on premise. I protect my data the way I want to protect it, and because that storage unit is my storage unit to use, I know what my performance is. No one else is also gonna run some big old AI data run that's gonna take up 80% of the CPU on the on the storage that now I'm affected, right? Because GreenLake, as you noted, was it puts that storage on premise. I know that that storage is on premise. I have access to all the IO to it. I'm not sharing it to anybody else. So there's some benefits. If you're talking about just purely cost, GreenLake makes a very nice model that that you can put the costs on premise and you get the reliability, you get the performance, you get all these nice things that you are missing when you go to a cloud.
1: You know, I'm picking up on a theme as we've kind of had our discussion today, but it, it kind of sounds like one of the key elements that, that HP is really trying to address for our customers is just that experience of... Um, how they can, you know, how they um, buy new technology, how they leverage that new technology, how they manage that new technology—it um, really comes down to a customer experience element. Uh, you want to expand on that at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically there. There is a trend afoot with HP. Probably in the last four years, they've really focused on, you know, we can sell CPUs that are fast. You know, they can sell CPUs that are they're very robust. They can sell storage that fast. But what everybody runs into is, how do I manage it? How to keep track of it? How do I know it's working well? And they put a lot of focus on making the ecosystem easy for the customer to understand, utilize, and go for it. As IT growth grows and changes, it's being more complex, right? It's not being easier. It's being more complex, even though people say it's easier. It's not too many TV commercials out there, right? But like for instance. You know, one of the things that, that HP has been focused on specifically with GreenLake is people are thinking about doing AI machine learning. Well, that's not something that you just go buy out there and put it on place and automatically hit a button. The software is all lo- up and loaded. It, it requires a customer to do some investigation and checking. But what HP has focused on specifically on AI and machine learning is they have a solution with GreenLake where basically it's a preset solution. You purchase it based upon your your performance needs. They put it on premise with the AI machine learning software. So actually once it's loaded, once it's running, that same day you can start putting AI machine learning, you can start doing training lessons on it and that kind of stuff. So what HP is trying to do is make via GreenLake, instead of bringing only a, a boxes and things you can touch, they're trying to bring it up to the service model. They have the same thing for VDI. They have the same thing as a backup as a service where they're understanding that customers, uh, they need some help moving their, their IT infrastructure to the next level. And that next level is providing things as a service. And oh, by the way, because they're all GreenLake, it's on premise. I know what I'm getting from a performance. And as you said, GreenLake, you buy what you need today and then if I need to grow it, I pay a little bit extra cost. And now I get more resources, whatever it is, on-premise. Uh, and uh, I think we didn't mention is HP is actually managing that infrastructure for you. Uh, you know, all the firmware updates, all the updates that's required, they're doing that for me. So specifically on machine learning, I don't have to hire people that know how to run Kubernetes, how to keep it healthy and keeping it working well. HP is doing that for me. So I just use the machine learning tools uh, on top of it. That's what's happening with HPEs from a customer experience.
1: Yeah, no, making things simpler and easier to both uh, consume, deploy, manage over time. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of my last question for you, Frank, and you, you've you been with Logicals for over 20 years. We've been a partner of HPE for, um, for that entire time of your career here. Uh, maybe... Can you take just a few minutes and highlight the relationship that we have with HPE, the long-term relationship, and some of the deep expertise and experience we have with HPE over time?
0: Uh, it's actually, if you look at historically with Logicalis, Logicalis has been a great partner with HPE from way back when, when it first started. And they've continued that that interfacing. A couple of ways they've done that is so we have what's called Master ASC. That's a high-level certification from HP. We have several inside Logicalis and each one of us has a has a forte for different specialties, but several of us are are on different boards or uh, recommendation panels with HPE. So our involvement with HPE is not only being certified at a certain level, but we're giving back to HP our experience of what, what we see in the industry, what's going on in the industry. And, and with that, uh, we've also have certified Delivery people that are out there delivering solutions for customers, um, and, and uh, I guess it's been a, a great partnership where we get things from HPE, uh, training sessions keep our people up to, up to date of what's going on in the world, but also we're we're allowing our our engineers that have skill sets to go back to HPE and give inputs on future products or current products and changes that they're working on.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing I'll highlight real quick, you know, if, um, you know if, we, if a customer would be interested in learning more about DHCI or any of the HP technologies and would like to see it, you know, firsthand or, or uh, in a virtual session, we do have our own demo facility with some of the latest and greatest HP technologies, including DHCI, including Nimble, including Electra, InfoSight, and some of the different technologies that we've talked about today. I know, Frank, you manage that demo environment for us. I don't know if you have any additional comments on, on that capability.
0: Well, you know, the, the nice thing about it, is it's in place, it just runs, right? Uh, I can go in there and see how things are working and that kind of stuff. I, I, I'd like to see more loading on the environment. So, if anybody has they want to see how it works, uh, load your environment partially on it. We can we can try that too. It's a nice system. It, it helps maintain that part of the demo lab and keep it a very consistent interface. So it's great. But it's out there. It's ready.
1: Frank, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us today, giving some of your insights and expertise into the topic of DHCI, storage, HPE. Really appreciate it. Just to summarize, I mean, we, we've covered a lot in the last few minutes, um, you know, we've talked about hyperconverged. we've talked about DHCI, we've talked about storage, we've talked about um, how you manage all that, why you might consider um, a, a new technology or a refreshed or modern technology, we've talked about how it, it interfaces with the public cloud, we've talked about how you can consume it through models like GreenLake, how we've talked about some of the advantages and value that Logicalis brings not only to you as a customer, but also to our relationship with HPE. Um, I wanna thank HPE for for sponsoring our, our cast today. I want to thank uh, those uh, listeners out there who take the time to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more, um, you can contact your local Logicalis office, Logicalis account executive, or you can visit our website at www.us.logicalis.com. There's a form out there where you can um, request a meeting. So thank you for taking the time to listen today. Frank, thank you again for taking the time to join us and provide your insights. And with that, I hope everybody has a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Logicalist Insights Podcast. For more information about the solutions we have discussed or to become a guest on an upcoming podcast, please contact us at
1: 866-456-4422.